Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Well, it's such an honour to be here and... um Pastor Kath, I'm, I'm honoured that you asked me. I never take this for granted when I get to stand behind a pulpit and hold a microphone and people get to listen. It's, it's an honour and it's my privilege. And um, you have an amazing, amazing pastor with a great heart um, for women and God. We can give her a hand. She's an awesome lady. And I'm just so grateful to be here with my Aussie sisters. I actually am Australian, as you can tell. Uh, but I married a Kiwi 33 years ago, so um, been in New Zealand for almost, well, for 24 years. Last Sunday, it was 24 years, so a little bit confused. I do go for the All Blacks, I'm really sorry, but I have three sons and a husband that are all All Black supporters, so, you know, if you can't beat them, join them, that's what I say. But, um, yeah, like Kath said, I'm a, um, a mother of three amazing young men who are all married to beautiful girls that... Uh, to the light of my heart. They, they actually love me, which I really prayed, God, please give me girls. Let the boys marry somebody that loves me because I didn't want to lose my boys. But I, I realised that I've gained three beautiful girls in my life. And then every year, our, our women's conference has probably been going for about 16 years. I asked the girls to all please pray that we have granddaughters. And because I've been surrounded by, I have four brothers and I've been surrounded by males all my life. All our dogs are males. Everything's males. So I'm like, please. And I have two delightful little granddaughters now. But my son has said, Mum, cut the prayers. I want a boy because they're both his toys. So maybe we could get you guys to pray for a boy. And I'll tell him that the Aussie sisters allowed that to happen. I have to tell you a funny story. When Kath first um, said, everyone take a deep breath, it gave me a flashback to my very first women's event debut where my senior pastor, Hazel Houston in Australia, I was in the church in Australia there, which is now Hillsong Church, but it was Christian Life Centre Sydney at the time, um, asked me to take on the women's ministry from her and it was my first event and I was really nervous. Um, I was only very young, 20s, and there was a lady in a church that did colour analysis and I knew her and she just said, look, if you want, we can do this day. They called it I think it was called Beauty for Ashes. We had this whole day where we had lunch in between and a whole lot of things happened throughout the day. But she said, I'm happy to help out with that. And I said, that'd be awesome. So um, what happened was she had invited another lady to help her that I didn't know. I knew that lady because she was in our church. So she invited this other colour analysis lady to come and uh, help out. But Little did she know, she hadn't seen the lady for a year and she didn't tell me that. And this lady, in the meantime, had gotten into some sort of hypnosis thing to do with the colours. So we get back after lunch and we're all excited, had a great morning and it was her turn. So she said, everybody sit back in their seat and close your eyes. Now take a deep breath and then she started to get everyone to draw an imaginary line up from your belly button, out from your head and like, she started hypnotising people. And God had entrusted me with this first debut and all these women. I'm like, you are kidding me. What are we going to do? She's hypnotising us. And the sad thing was half the women had their eyes closed and were getting into it. So I had to, I just had to go up to the lady I did know and say, I don't care what you do, but please just remove that lady 
from the pulpit and I had to get up and apologise and we had a great old time at the end and it turned out into a big <laughs> prayer meeting but, but it was very embarrassing. So when Kath said, let's take big deep breath, I was like, okay. <laughs> but anyway, that was my big blonde moment that I learnt I will never do again. So I kind of make mistakes as long as we only do it once, isn't it? We don't we learn from them and we can move on. But anyway, over the past month, I just was so inspired by that opening because it really confirmed what I wanted to talk about. And it, I re- related to a lot of that little girl's story in the video with her daddy. And um, I just thought it's amazing how God does that. It's, I'm going to weave through the different messages over the next few days. And even the songs we were singing about God's grace and covering us. Um, tomorrow's message, I'm going to talk about grace. So God is good, isn't he? But over the past months in um, probably about the last five or six weeks in Auckland, the area where we're living at the moment is close to the city and it's an older area where there's a lot of villas and big established trees and we're renting a home there at, a moment, at the moment because we're renovating a house. And there are just the most stunning blossom trees everywhere, beautiful pink bright trees everywhere you go. And it's just a real reminder of something fresh and it's given expectation and that there's potential of something new on the way. And I just feel like God is going to do something fresh and new over these next few days in our life. And, you know, I'm not a winter person. Any friends out there? You guys might like winter because you don't get one probably over here very much. But in New Zealand, it's very beautiful. I love New Zealand, but it's very green and lush, but that's because it rains a lot and we have very long winters. And having the blossoms everywhere has just been great soul medicine for me to uh, remind me, it's okay, Marie, summer is on its way. (laughs) But um, the thing that astounded me about these blossoms is that even though it's been very cold, we've had frost and it's still been cold, regardless of the weather, the blossoms have come out anyway. And I just think that's something that um, we can take to heart, that they refuse to remain in the winter. You know, and sometimes we can get comfortable in a, in a place or in a season we're in and even become a victim in that season. But I want to encourage us all to refuse to remain in that place because God has got so much more for us. And the blossoms to me spoke of hope, but not just a, a whimsical out there maybe one day hope. It's actually a solid hope that the season is changing. A new day is coming. And I'm going to read from Song of Solomon 2, 10 to 16. And you know, the the theme over this conference is beloved. And this is just a few verses before my beloved is mine and I am his. It says from verse 10, my beloved speaks and says to me, rise up my love, my fair one, and come away. For behold, the winter is past The rain is over and gone. The flowers appear on the earth. The time of singing of birds has come. And the voice of the turtle dove is heard in our land. The fig tree puts forth and ripens her green figs. And the vines are in blossom and give forth their fragrance. Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away. So I went with him. And when we were climbing the rocky steps up the hillside, my beloved shepherd said to me, Oh, my dove, while you are here in the seclusion of the cliffs, in the solid rock, in the sheltered and secret place of the cliff, 
Let me see your face. Let me hear your voice. For your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. My heart was touched and I fervently sang to him my desire. Take for us the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vineyards of our love. For our vineyards are in blossom. She said distinctly, my beloved is mine and I am his. His pastures, he pastures his flocks among the lilies. When I read those scriptures again over the past few weeks, I've been meditating on that. And you know, that is a love song. But I, I, I read that as a, as a love song from God to us and our response back to him. And you know... There's so much hope and so much possibility. I want to encourage you to go away and, and read through those, meditate on those few verses that I just read. But there's just a declaration in those verses that there is a new day coming. There's an invitation. There's a call to each and every one of us in those verses from the heart of God to come up to the place where he is, to a greater place of intimacy, to a place that we haven't experienced before. You know, the thing about God, we, we think that we've, we understand his love or we've got to a place of knowing who he is, but there's always more. And he's beckoning us to come up to a higher place, to not allow the, the past things that are trying to hold us back, to limit us from experiencing the fullness of God's love. It's always higher, wider and deeper. It's a place that surpasses the natural place that we often find ourselves in, the, the comfortable place, the mediocre place sometimes that we can find ourselves in. You know, to, to come away to something new, we have to have a desire to pursue that place. It's up to us. God wants us to be there, but we have to have the desire. You know, we can't change, nothing can change in our life without the desire to want it to happen. I used to think I had so many things that I've had to work on in the period of time over my life and I, I would wish that it, God could just wave a wand over me and it all go away, but I realised I had to have the desire and come to where God was so that I could have the freedom that he wanted me to have. Verse 13 to 14 talks about a rising and climbing. It talks about in that place as we come to him, that place of possibility, that place of freedom, in that place we can find a new song. And I love that, that we can find a new song. Even in the, in the, the depths of our despair, even in the place of hardship, even whatever place we find ourselves in tonight, we can find a song when we come to him. I find encouragement in those verses to not look back, but to let go of the past, to let go of the old and embrace the new. You know, the Bible says that you can't put new wine in an old wineskin. And God wants to do something new in our life. I believe, you know, even as a church this year, God has been all year encouraging us to come to a new place of intimacy with him. And I just love the theme over this conference. And I believe it's a theme in God's heart that he's speaking to his church in a wider picture, to come to him, come back to the basics of falling in love with him all over again. 
of pursuing him, of pushing in to a deeper place because the old can't contain the new season that God wants to take us to. The thing with going to a new place, it requires a new level of trust. And I don't know about you, but if your trust has been broken, it's not easy to trust. It's not easy to just abandon yourself. But God is asking us to get to that place where we will just abandon ourselves freely to him and trust him to take us to another level without us knowing or having all our ducks in a row, knowing or analysing what's going to happen, but just to fully abandon ourselves and say, God, I am going to just trust you and love you and give my heart to you fully. To come away from unresolved issues, the little foxes that talked about, the unresolved issues of our heart, God wants us to come away from those things that try to anchor us to our past and inhibit us and hold us back from where he wants to take us. I was reminded while preparing this message of a prophet that came one time when I was on staff in Sydney, in the church in Sydney. This lady came who was known as a, a, had a prophetic gift on her life. And we all were in a staff meeting. She spoke to our staff and then she prayed for a few people and she singled me out. She knew nothing about me, nothing about my past, nothing about my life. And she said, um, she put me actually in a chair in the middle of everybody, which was very embarrassing. But, but anyway, she just said, um, I can actually see that you need to let go of your father. She didn't even know anything about my father. And the thing about that, when I was 10 years old, my father had died. And he was the apple of my eye. I was daddy's little girl. After four boys, I was the last, last child. And uh, wherever he went, I followed. And he had died when I was 10, and I was now in my early, mid-20s. And she said, I have a picture of you holding on to your father. And she said, you've got him tucked behind a perfect little white fence. And... He's tucked away in your heart, but the problem is you're holding on to him in, in a noble uh, tribute to who he was, but you're holding everybody else out. You're behind the fence, safe behind the fence, but the problem with that picture is nobody else can get in, not even God can get into that place. And when I was a little girl, I vowed that nobody else would take his place. So I did build this protection around my heart. And I tucked the memory of my dad in that place. And she said, what I want you to do is to let go of your dad. She said, in, in, a, well, in preparing this message, I, I liken it to uh, my heart being an old wineskin because it was tainted by pain and heartache. And she said, what you need to do is let go. Picture yourself letting go of your daddy and hold on to the hand of Jesus and walk away. And I couldn't do it. I was sitting there for so long, I was like, I can't do it. I kept saying, I can't do that. I can't do it. I can't do it. Until I got to the place where I did do it. And a release came. But initially, I couldn't because it was a painful place. It was a fearful place. I thought, well, what? I don't know what's on the other side of letting go. 
And sometimes that's what holds us back because we don't know what's there. But I had to just trust that God was calling me to come away from my father, to come away from that pain, to come away from that heartache and embrace him fully, to just trust him fully, even if I didn't know what the outcome was going to be. The thing is, it became a comfortable place for me. It became a safe place. It became a hiding place. It was the security of his memory tucked away in my heart. But what happened in that moment is I knew that if I wanted to move forward, I had to let go. And I just believe that God's going to do a lot of moving forward in people's lives over these next few days. But it is going to require you letting go because God can only work with what we give him. The thing I realised also in that comfortable place is that I thought I was in control. But the problem is that had control over me. And we can think that we've got control, but the fear, the pain, the heartache had control over my heart. And I realised I had to let go and come away. And the tears flowed, my heart was wrenched, and release came as I moved forward. But I had to rise I had to arise, I had to climb and I had to let go and allow God to do what only he could do. To come away means to move towards, to draw near, to arise, to a place that's not the usual place. We can get trapped in just remaining in the usual place because, you know, that's good enough or that's just because of my circumstances, so I'll stay in this usual place. But God's got a higher place for us to go to. To let go of the past, the old things, to embrace the new means that we have to go onwards. We have to move on from the former bygone places that were usual a long time ago. We have to move on to a new place that was not existing before, a fresh place, a different place. How, how sad would it be? And, you know, I've been in pastor for now the whole time I've been married, which is 33 years, and I've seen so many people, and sadly I did it a lot in my own life for a long time, um, not being able to embrace the new because I was stuck. I was holding on to the old. How, how sad would it be that we miss out on the new place, the new thing God wants to do in our life because we're stuck holding on to the old. We're holding on to fears. We're holding on to failures. We're holding on to the pain of being abandoned, having an orphan spirit, holding on to shame holding on to even successes, past successes, and and holding on to you being able to be in control and do things your way because that way no one's going to hurt you. That way it's not going to mean that you're going to have to expose your heart to too many people. I was reminded again of many times, I've had many situations in my life I'd be here all night if I told you how many things that I've had to learn to trust God in and walk away from. But in many other situations where I've had to walk away was just from being disillusioned, from being let down from people that I trusted. 
And when you've been hurt in the past, when things have happened, it's hard to gain trust. But I've been let down and I've had to learn to walk away from that, from being abused as a young girl, where I trusted somebody that I looked up to and and they abused my trust and actually physically abused me. I've had to walk away and come away from alignments with people from my past that was stopping me moving forward to my future. Sometimes it's the people that we're associated with that God's saying, you need to come away. You need to come away from that and come to me. And, you know, I didn't even realise, and I don't think we do, when God calls us to a higher place, when God calls us to come away from from the pain or fear or hurt or whatever it is, we don't even realise sometimes the catalyst that that is for not only our future, but future generations. And my mum, when I was 14 years old, she actually um, married and divorced the same man twice after my father died. And he, he was a big part, he played a big part in our family for just the fragmentation of our family, the dysfunction of our family. It already experienced somewhat of dysfunction after my father died and other circumstances, but this man was not a good person in our, in our life. And he took uh, that dysfunction to a whole other level. But what had happened was, post um, Paul and I getting married, post the first divorce, my mother actually reunited with this man. So um, here I was faced as we were getting married, face-to-face with a decision, another decision I had to make to come away from the past and all that the past represented with this man, which was pain, dysfunction, heartache, and make a choice, a choice of forgiveness. And that was a biggie in my life. My mother went on to marry that man after we got married and then they got divorced. But at that time, I stood face-to-face with that decision, am I going to come away or am I going to live a victim? And, I, you know, that decision was more about me than it was about him. And I wasn't responsible for his life, I realised. I was responsible for mine. And that's the thing, when you come away from things, when God's calling you, Yep, other people may have hurt you. Other people may have done things, but you're not responsible for them. You're responsible for your relationship with God, your heart, your freedom, and we get to choose. And that was a I call what I call a big boulder in my life. I've got, you know, I had built a wall with boulders in my life, but that was a big boulder that was a boulder of unforgiveness that I had. Uh, towards my mother as well as her husband, but I had to deal with that. And when we deal with the big ones that come our way, when God calls us up to that higher place, it helps us in life. It's helped me along the way when there have been many other times, maybe of less significance, I've had to forgive people, but forgiveness is still the same, where there have been like smaller rocks, not big boulders. But, you know, it's helped me for those future issues, for those future things that I've had to deal with. Because otherwise we live out of that big issues in our life and the little things are big, if you know what I mean. You know, sometimes you, have you ever met anyone that just is so prickly and you think, wow, what happened to you? 
they're not, it's not really that situation that they're prickly about. It's a bigger problem. It's a bigger boulder they just haven't dealt with. And it ain't pretty when you don't deal with those things. Because if we don't deal with them, it taints us and our response. We, we, we don't have a healthy soul and we don't uh, uh, respond appropriately because of that. Isaiah 43, 18 to 19 says, Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The thing I love about God, and this is something only God can do, he says that he's going to make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The word wilderness actually means a wild, uncultivated area. You know, when we don't deal with the stuff in our heart, the little foxes that become big things, it becomes wild and uncultivated. The hard things that happen in our life. But God says he can make a road in that place. He can make a way. In other words, I looked up the definition and it's expansion, openness and a new course that God makes in those hard places. So no matter what we've been through, no matter what's going on in our life, when we come up to where he is, he can make a way. He makes a way. Even in the midst of it, he will make a way. And it says a river is a refreshment, a place of refreshment and vigour. In other words, when we come away with him, our lives will go beyond the natural. We will know expansion. We will know openness. We will know refreshment. And we will know and have a vigour and a new song that is not possible on our own. It's not a natural place. It's a higher place. So why wouldn't we? Why wouldn't we want to respond to him? Even though it may seem hard, why wouldn't we want that freedom? So I just want to ask the question tonight, what are the unresolved issues, the little foxes of your heart and life tonight maybe? What, what does coming away look like for you? Maybe have a think about that. What, what does it look like for you? Are there, are there attitudes? Are there people? Well, it's always about people, isn't it? Life would be easy without people. <laughs> but what, what do you need to walk away from and leave behind? Not just walk away from, but leave it. I'll, I'll never forget. I have a vivid memory and I think I'll have it etched in my mind to the day I die, of a lady who came to see me in her late 50s. And this lady had a lot of pain in her childhood. She had been abused on many levels, physically, uh, verbally, emotionally. And somewhere along the line, somebody gave her my book, A Diamond in the Dirt. And she asked, she rang me up and asked me, her daughter actually, I know her daughter, her daughter said, would you mind spending some time with my mum? So she uh, made an appointment and came and saw me. And as soon as she walked into the room, she just burst into tears. And she just looked at me and she just said, I haven't been able to stop crying since I read your book. 
And she said, the reason is I realised the difference between me and you is I'm still living as a victim. And she had a, I don't know, aha moment or revelation in, in my office that she didn't have to live like that anymore. And it was the most powerful thing that I had ever witnessed. She had seriously actually lived with the stance in her life and the attitude that I'm like this because dot, 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 dot. This is my lot. This happened to me, so this is why I am like I am. And the thing that really impacted me about her, she was probably one of the most emotionally detached women I've ever met in my whole life. Absolutely unable to... And she was married with children, but unable to let her guard down and let people in. And I was able to have the privilege to pray for her and sad to say she passed away two months after she came to see me. She discovered she had a brain tumour. But in that last part of her life, she discovered that freedom was possible and she chose it. And I'm so grateful that I had the privilege to meet her. I also had a 63-year-old man come up to me after um, he also read the book tears strolling, rolling down his face. And he just said, I just want to thank you. This was another boulder that this man had in his life. And he had been abused as a young boy. He had a lot of dysfunction and stuff going on, also married with children, but he had issues in his life. And he'd never told anybody that he'd been sexually abused. And he lived in that place of shame. And never told anybody and he said I realise I actually can be free and I need to get help and I'm going to see a counsellor and I thought thank you Jesus but you know what he had to respond to that place and it was a big thing for him you know maybe for you in this room tonight you may maybe need to come away from a, a failed marriage and I just want to encourage you don't allow that to define who you are Come away from maybe addictions or abuse, whether it be physical or mental abuse. Maybe broken trust. Maybe it's fear. Fear holds so many of us back, especially women. Maybe it's a disappointment. Maybe it's even an unhealthy relationship. Maybe it's a victim mentality. Maybe it's a a defeat that you've had and it's limiting you. Maybe you've been let down by others. Whatever it is, maybe it's actually self-dependency because that's what happens when, you, when mostly people that are self-dependent or come across like they are are just hurt people. So what's holding you back from coming away with him? Because I believe he's calling us to come to that face-to-face intimate place where we're not hiding, where we're not holding back, but we're just saying, God, here I am, transparent and honest before you. And I just think conference is a great place for that. It's a safe place for that. It's a great place for God to be able to do what only he can do. Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30 in the Message Bible says, Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? 
Come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. I love that. In the Amplified Bible, it says, Come to me, all who are weary and heavily burdened, and I will give you rest, refreshing your souls with salvation. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, following me as my disciple, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest, renewal, blessed quiet for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and my burden is light. You know, I remember when I first became a Christian, I had so much garbage going on in my heart. And I remember just being desperate before God, going to God and saying, God, please change my heart. And I I was always on my knees, just passionate that God would give me a new heart, basically. That's what I was asking. I said, please give me a new heart. I do not like this old one. Anybody ever felt like that? Because I was tired. I was weary from the stuff, from the issues of my heart. And I was like, you know what, God, enough's enough. Please help me change my heart. But what it took was me leaning in. It took me drawing from him. It took me having a heart or a willing heart to learn and actually accept what he said. It's one thing to read what he says, but one thing to accept how much he loves us, what he thinks of us, that we are his beloved. Do we really believe that? It took me a long time to believe that. Do you really think that about me, God? Does he really think that about you? Yeah, because we are actually living out what we really believe on the inside. Not what somebody's done to us, not what somebody's told us, but what we actually believe for ourselves. So it's going to take an arising and a climbing. You know, I've got family members that were in the same scenario in my own immediate family that, sad to say, like just so short of their potential because they haven't come away. And I'm not placing a judgment, but it's just an obvious picture to me of the difference between coming away to God and allowing God to deal with the issues of our heart or remaining a victim and staying and and not growing, not growing even as a person. But um, sometimes we we can't see it. We're blindsided by that. Psalm 119 says, says, With my whole heart I have sought you, inquiring for and of you and yearning for you. And I just think God is bringing us back. You know, this, this world has so, got so many distractions. We're so busy that we don't often take the time to just come away with God and allow him to speak to us about the issues of our heart, allow him to deal with the stuff and take the time that it takes to deal with stuff so that we can be healthy, so that we can have a healthy soul, that we can have healthy relationships with one another and be all that he's called us to be. But it does require a new level of trust. It does require us abandoning ourselves. But, you know, I believe the the anointing of the Holy Spirit 
is here to do a new thing. He really is. He's here to bring freshness and new things to our heart. But the question is, how strong is our passion to pursue him? Because he wants to do a new thing. He's ready, but are we ready for him? Because it's in that place of dependence and desperation that shift happens. It doesn't just happen because we wish it to happen. It happens because we're desperate. Exchange comes when we contend. And I just really pray that if you have stuff going on in your life, that you contend. Contend with God until your heart is free. You know, when I was 18, I left, um, I had that experience where God was calling me to come away. And I didn't realise at the time just that that call basically was going to change my life forever. And it was a time where I responded and I made a choice not to live as a victim anymore. I had lived as a victim and I thought I had a right to live that way because of all the stuff that had happened in my life. But it was a time where God had called me not to remain a victim of my past circumstances. And it was a time where I came face to face with God, face to face with my own heart, my own reality. And I had to make a choice to fully embrace God and his love and mercy. And I love that God is a God of the turnaround. He's a restoration God. Nothing is impossible to God. You know, and nothing we've ever done, and I love this about God because it puts everybody on the same playing field. Nothing that anybody has done is too hard for God and it's too awful for God because it's not about us or what we can do or how good we are. It's about how good he is to us and his grace toward us. So we're all on equal playing ground. But you know, my spirit came alive to God at that time, but my soul needed restoring because there was a lot of damage in my soul. And like I said, there were a lot of boulders that I had to dismantle and get out of the way. And God had to dismantle and get out of the way so that I could learn the words of a new song. When I was 10, like I already said, my father died. And actually in a 12-month period, um, my father, my grandfather and my grandmother all passed away. And they were all very important people in my life. And it really threw me. And at the same time, in that whole period of time, I was sexually abused as a little girl. You know, when your, your hope and dream dies right before you, maybe it's because of someone you trusted, somebody that walked away from you, identified with the little girl again, said, you said you'd never leave me, but you did. I, I had an orphan spirit, an abandoned spirit when my dad left because I took it as him walking away from me. But um, when someone you loved and trusted let you down in some way, whether it's death or or whatever it was, uh, walls go up, obviously, to self-protect. But the problem is we're the ones. We're like prisoners in our own life, and we've got the key. And we're the only one that can get ourselves out of that. And that was me as a a 10-year-old girl starting on that journey. When I was 11, um, my mother decided, well, I don't want to be left with these five children, four boys and me. So she decided one day, well, I'm just going to take an overdose. So she took an overdose of medication that she was on. And my brother found her in time, rushed to the hospital. 
they pumped her stomach and she was institutionalized for, for many, many months. And I, I remember just the feeling in my own life of just feeling very fragile, just feeling abandoned, feeling like I wasn't valuable enough, that she obviously didn't want me to live for. So it, it caused a lot of confusion and heartache in my life. And then after um, several months, I got passed around a different family and um, when I was 14, there's a long story in between, I won't go into it tonight, but when I was 14, she had met another man and met and married this guy that I told you about. Over a period of eight years, she um, married and divorced him twice and it was a wrong man, man, bad outcome and we became a very broken, fragmented family as a result of that. And by the time I was 15, I left home and I got very involved in drugs and the whole drug scene and my life spiralled out of control. And um, I just remember walls going up because I was trying to protect myself. And by the time I was 16, I just thought, I'm gonna t- I want a fresh start. And I thought having a fresh start Instead of, I didn't know Jesus at the time, I, I didn't realise I could have had that with him. I thought, I know what I'll do, I'll, I'll leave this state and go to Melbourne. I lived in Newcastle at the time, so I, I just moved away to Melbourne. But the problem is I took myself with me. Hello. <laughs> we take ourselves with us and uh, we cannot escape heart issues. And there's so many older, mature men and women walking around with unresolved issues in their heart because, you know, they may get a new job, a new partner, a new relationship, a new car, whatever, but it doesn't change the heart issues. But God can. And going to that place in Him is where change comes in our life. But I didn't know that then, so I got involved in a relationship and uh, got into this secure little relationship Funnily enough, I, I, um, this lady had three sons as well, so I became like the daughter. They were like parents to me. I'm trying to hurry my story a little bit. But um, by the time I was 20, I realised I had become a Christian when I was 18 and I was trying to save this family, basically. But I went about it all the wrong way when I look back. Did what I knew to do at the time. But anyway, by the time I was 20, I realised God was asking me to come away from that relationship. And that was, I was in that relationship for three and a half years and that was my security. That was all I knew. But I knew that God wanted me to come away to another place. And that's another time where I had to just abandon myself on him, say, God, okay, I I don't know what's out there. It's probably one of the hardest decisions I've ever had to make. But I just knew I had to make it. So I left that relationship and that security and Eleanor Roosevelt says this, in the long run, we shape our lives and we shape ourselves. The process never ends until we die. And the choices we make are ultimately our own responsibility. And that's so true. Before that, my life, I had blamed everybody else. But I realised, you know what? I've got responsibility here. I need to own and I need to do what God's asking me to do. And I'm so grateful that I did do that. I might ask the team to come back and join me whenever they can. That would be awesome, team. But after walking away from that relationship, which was a very hard thing to do because that was all my security, was wrapped up in that family, I met Paul. And the funny thing about God is like Paul came from a family of eight. 
He'd been brought up a Christian all his life. He came from a very stable family. He had parents who loved each other and were still together until his father passed away. And God put me next to him. And it's been a journey, very, very interesting journey, probably more interesting for Paul. He could tell you his side of the story (laughs) with this broken little girl. But I realised, you know, that coming away, when God asks us to come away from something, I now, like I said, have been married 33 years. And I just think of my little grandbabies now. And I realised, you know what, there, there were generational decisions I made. And sometimes we just don't realise. It's actually mostly never about just us when God asks us. It's about the generation behind us. It's about a lost and broken world that desperately needs to know this love that we have. This amazing, amazing love, mercy and grace that is extended so freely to us. You know, and we just don't walk into our destiny. We, we walk toward it. It doesn't just happen. We've got to want it. And by coming away to where God was, I was walking into a new day. I was walking into a new season and I didn't even know it. I didn't even realise it, but all I knew was I wanted him more than anything else. And I just said to God, I don't know what's on the other side. I'm leaving this family. I'm leaving yet another thing I had to walk away from. But I just know that you're a great, faithful God. You're a good God. And I trust you. And I'm going to trust you with my life. And I, I, I have to make courageous decisions every day of my life. You know, sometimes we can look at people and say, oh, or think it's all right for you. I'll never forget a girl come up to me in New Zealand one day after a women's conference down south Auckland that I did. And she um, was a Pacific Island girl and had come from a very broken background. She said, I never thought a white girl like you would understand where I came from. And it really affected me. But I realised, you know, sometimes we can... Perception is a liar. And we can look at people and think, oh, it's all right for them or this or that. But, but we all have got the same heart. We've all got the same heart issues and stuff going on that God needs to deal with in our own life. And I have to make courageous decisions every day of my life to believe what God says about me. But I don't do it just in the natural. I do it by coming away with His Word. The Word of God is so powerful It is the greatest love story ever told. And it changes us from the inside out. It actually works. Sometimes we can go to everybody else before we go to God, but God and his word and his love actually can change us from the inside out. Do you know God has always loved us? He's always had your highest in his heart. He's got greater places for each and every one, greater purpose, greater destiny. But the reality is the invitation's ours, but we just need to respond to him. We don't need to be good enough. We don't need to have all the ducks in a row. We don't need to be anything but who we are because he loves us 
just the way we are. Aren't you glad about that? Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au.